this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath earlier this month the bihar government published the bihar caste based survey 2022 the survey data showed that extremely backward classes ebcs and other backward classes obcs together made up nearly 63% of the 13 crore population of the state making them the largest caste group the congress has already made a demand for a caste survey a core element of its poll campaign in the forthcoming assembly elections and the india alliance is likely to do the same in the 2024 general elections as well so what does the data of the bihar caste survey reveal is this caste survey only about removing the existing caps on reservations or is this a mandal 2.0 moment that has emerged in opposition to so called kamandal politics we discuss all these questions and more in this episode of in focus and we have with us professor surinder jodhkar from the school of social sciences jawaharlal nehru university delhi Dr Jyotka thank you so much for joining us really appreciate you taking time out to do this hello sampath thank you very much for asking me to be part of this discussion uh dr jyotka to start with i was just curious uh, what are your general thoughts on the data shared so far uh, from the bihar caste census we know that the only only the counting part of it has been shared the socio economic uh, status of the different castes have not been shared yet so from what we know so far what what has it revealed that wasn't already a matter of common sense as it were as such not much i mean uh, we know that indian democratic politics mobilizes caste and caste has been kind of one of the central axis around which uh, uh, representation is imagined and even when there is no reservation uh, there are different constituencies with different kinds of communities jatis and all political parties from left to right uh, they are aware of those uh, uh, social divisions and they try to in some sense uh, incorporate uh, those kinds of constituencies when they are thinking about their candidates or when they are thinking about their possible voters so these things are uh, broadly known but they are even the micro realities of these things are known to the local politicians so as such uh, there is nothing uh, uh, significantly uh, kind of revealing about this this the census but i think uh, one should also discuss about the purpose of uh, something like this uh, why should we do caste census and why is it being talked about in the present context and what kind of political weight it carries and some of these things i think we can we can talk about during the discussion right i mean that's a very good point indeed i mean uh, more than what it has revealed uh, as of now the purpose behind it uh, and the politics around it i think uh, carries a lot of weight and we'll probably come to that but before that uh, dr jyotkai i just wanted to know uh, one of the data points which has come up uh, apart from the fact that you know how much percentage are obcs how much sc how much st uh, one data point which has sort of uh, emerged very clearly is that upper castes make up only around 15 to 16% of the population and at the same time we know that there is a 50% ceiling 
on a reservation assets, which of course has been breached, so to speak, with the economic weaker section, EWS quota and all that. So what are your thoughts? Does this does it sort of give some kind of a, an additional uh, logic for uh, removing the 50% ceiling on reservation? Yeah, I think these are kind of related questions uh, uh, to what we were discussing in a short while ago in response to the previous question. Uh, I think the, the main... Uh, what one should say, political push uh, to caste census is basically the idea of uh, exposing privilege. Uh, and I think that is the narrative which in some sense is being also built by Congress and other opposition parties that, you know, we are not, we are, we are interested in caste census, not just for, for numbers of communities and jatis and, and, and groups or OBCs and SCs, uh, SC data is already there. It is collected every uh, every 10 years. At some level, OBC communities are also listed and we have some vague idea. But I think the, the, the missing category was what we call as the general categories or, you know, in double quotes, upper castes. And the claim that is made by these politicians who want to bring caste back to the center stage is that they are the ones who are, in some sense, India's elite establishment. The state is with them. So I think uh, uh, these numbers then become very, very critical that, that the so-called uh, upper castes and upper castes, some of them are also not very upper because upper is a very problematic category. I don't really like this. But historically, privileged caste groups who have, who have had what one would call as Swarana status within Hinduism, but there are so-called upper castes even among non-Hindus and some of them are also enumerated like, for, like six have upper caste, but they are not really Brahmins. So uh, I think this 15% number becomes very significant. And that is perhaps the main target of this, uh, this, this narrative on, on caste census. And then obviously you would talk about how many uh, bureaucrats belong to this category or how many people in positions of influence and power belong to this category. And that then raises the question of of democracy, entitlements, and uh, stuff like that. So, at some level, it, it kind of gives a lever to the to the communities which are demanding reservation, a kind of claim making uh, evidence. At another level, it also, at some level, opens up questions for Indian democracy uh, for for its kind of you know uh, also exposes its fault lines at some level. Right. I mean, I think uh, these are really well summed up. One, on the one hand, uh, you spoke about exposing privilege, and on the other hand, uh, 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 it sort of empowers the marginalized or the non-privileged communities to sort of make use of the claim-making evidence that such a survey might throw up. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, uh, sir, I was just wondering, the last time we had a caste census in the country was 1931, and then there was something uh, of the kind... In 2011, I think, or after 2011, the socio-economic caste but the data has not been made public. And subsequently, the government of India filed an affidavit in the Supreme Court saying that uh, it really is not uh, feasible to add a caste census element to the 2021 census uh, because of logistical and administrative reasons. And there are so many different names for so many different castes. Uh, but uh, do you do you a do you buy into this uh, argument of this affidavit about the logical and you know logistical, not logical logistical impossibility? And number two, do you think the Bihar caste synthesis sort of 
broken that kind of an argument by showing that it is indeed uh, possible to do a robust caste uh, counting exercise. I think uh, it will perhaps be useful to kind of uh, go back to the history of caste census. Uh, why did the colonial rulers uh, stop uh, uh, enumerating caste, uh, even though they were not really uh, concerned with the kind of issues uh, around which caste census is being talked about in the present, but there were issues, right? And the biggest issue was the manner in which they had, uh, in some sense, prepared their uh, uh, census schedule uh, through which they were trying to enumerate caste at the national level. And the obvious uh, reference point was this idea of Varna hierarchy. And I think that is where the problem lies. Uh, and, and we need to, uh, in some sense, in last, uh, say, nearly 100 years, or particularly last 30, 40 years, there has been very good research on, on, on caste. And many of us who have been working on caste have been arguing that we need to get out of this Varna frame of thinking about caste. And Varna frame becomes a very kind of convenient, but empirically, it's absolutely of no use. Like, for example, in, in southern India, in, in Tamil Nadu or in Kerala, you don't have, uh, say, Varnas like Kshatriyas or even perhaps Vaishyas. So the local context becomes very, very significant. And if we have to enumerate caste, we need to re-visualize the reality of caste. The reality of caste is not simply a Manusmriti and the manner in which Manusmriti in some sense proposes a fourfold classification or fivefold classification. It is far more complex. And this framework has a kind of ideological validity because it is involved and it is kind of part of, at some level, Hindu religious uh, uh, textual sources as well as also in, in Hindu practices. So that is a reality. But even then on ground, even among the Hindus, uh, the experience and everyday life of caste is region-specific, locality-specific. On ground, you don't have anything called Varna. Right, there are jatis. Even if you go to go to go to category of Brahmin, uh, there are innumerable number of jatis. And uh, I give this example of you know in South India, for example, if you if you have a village in southern Tamil Nadu, which is on the border of Kerala, and you ask an Ambudri about Ayyar or Ayengar, uh, would you marry between the two communities? And they will look at you and why are you asking this question? Because Ayyars are Ayyars and Namudris are Namudris. So they are both Brahmins, but they are completely you know historically they would have never in some sense, seen each other as belonging to the same caste group as we kind of in kind of social sciences or textbook or journalism talk about caste. So one needs to look at caste as a regional social formation. And on the basis of those understandings, we need to work out, uh, in some sense, uh, operational categories about caste. It is possible and I don't think it is impossible. For example, Indian state has been collecting data on scheduled castes. Now, scheduled caste is not simply simply categories which is which is fifth varna or or broad category of untouchables. There are different kinds of communities within that category. Each state has a list of communities which are listed as scheduled castes. So, at the state level, you need to have listings of communities, and that again has already been done. For example, since we have listing of 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 scheduled castes, we have listings of OBCs. And the remaining are obviously the so-called Swarnas or upper castes. So these lists are available, but the census will have to be tuned to local realities and they will have to work it out in a manner that when you ask a question on caste, 
we don't expect a question of caste whether you belong to this category or that category obc is not a caste category sc is not a caste category ebc is not a caste category even dalit is not a caste category these are aggregation they are administrative aggregations or they are politically constructed categories like dalits is a political construct but it's a political construct of the democratic nation state where communities come together and and visualize their position as as a one collective so i think uh, uh, the census enumerators need to sit with people like us who have been researching on caste and there is plenty of data available uh, bureaucrats who are who are located on ground they also understand these realities it's not like it's impossible we already have lists of obcs with which uh, state governments have been giving reservations to obcs and those lists can be easily operationalized for the census and you can actually add some kind of you know Uh, sophistication to it and look at it as a developmental variable not as not as a as a social structure reality and i think uh, if one does that it is certainly possible to do caste census at the national level uh, along with the national census that would be my position right i mean look at uh, this entire exercise as uh, sort of unearthing developmental variables rather than mapping social structure reality i think that's a very well uh, put uh, formulation uh, dr jodhka thank you for that and i also sort of really liked how you spoke about revisualizing the reality of caste uh, out of uh, and away from this entire varna framework that seems to have hijacked the discourse of course it has its ideological uh, uses for both uh, those who want to defend the caste system as well as the anti caste politics but that's a different debate now coming back to uh, the whole caste census exercise i also now remember for instance that when the bihar caste survey was challenged in court by the central government one of the arguments they made was that the state governments are not fit to do this only the center can do a caste census i mean and you also made this very important point about uh, the entire uh, uh, enumerations and you know the different uh, uh, caste categories being region specific and locality specific rather than you know uh, it being something national so in this context do you think state governments are uh, really the right uh, agents for initiating and doing caste census or it should be done uh, from a centrally directed uh, kind of an exercise as far as census is concerned i think it can be done both ways i think uh, even otherwise uh, state governments participate in the process of data collection it's not like they don't participate they mobilize their workforce school teachers who carry out this census so all the state machinery national and and regional machinery is involved but i would suggest that if we have to engage with caste as a developmental variable and go beyond beyond this whole thing about quotas and reservations we need to have state specific caste commissions and they need to keep data which should be not not the official category wise like scs and obcs and ebcs but it should be jati specific also so within certain uh, within those categories classical statist categories uh, there are communities which are moving up and moving down so at some level operationally if you are serious about engaging with caste as a developmental variable as as a variable that produces exclusion and and and, and poverty or inequality or undue privilege then we need to have localized engagements with caste so for that obviously we need to imagine caste federally and each state should have its own commission each state should have its own strategies i think in some parts of south india caste question has become something else than what it used to be 50 years back 
Likewise, in UP, for example, or Bihar, caste question today is very different from what it was even 30, 40 years back. So with the emergence of uh, Dalit uh, political agency and, and, and mobilization of OBCs, uh, classifications of EBCs, I think that has changed the grammar of caste. Likewise, if we have to do the same thing in Punjab, it will have to be imagined very differently given the context of, of, of communities or even, even among, say, for example, uh, regions or communities which are which are neither Hindu or Sikhs who are not really uh, thought of in, in caste terms like, like Muslims or, or Christians. These are also communities that, that have caste divisions. And I think those kind of questions need to be taken at the local level. So at the regional level, there's no way that you can engage with them at, at the national level. You know, Christians are not all of them ex-Dalits or OBCs. They're also Christians, which are like, you know, Syrian Christians in Kerala. Their historical profile is very different. So I think uh, uh, there's no way that you can you can think of caste at the national level through five or six or seven categories. They'll have to be locally visualized and locally operationalized for developmental goals. Right, locally visualized and locally operationalized. I think that's an important point, Dr. Jodhka. I also was wondering, uh, speaking of OBC, for example, at least in the context of reservations, uh, what is what this caste census uh, is expected to do, and also the SEC or socio-economic caste census was also supposed to do, was to give a fuller picture of uh, the beneficiaries or, or, the, or, the, or the extent of development among different communities after reservation. And we know that among the OBC is a very vast category and there are uh, differential uh, factors in terms of how many of them have been able to uh, develop economically and socially and how many have been left out. So I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on on, on this whole discourse about subcategorization? We know that MBCs and EBCs have come out as subcategories from the broader OBC category. So once we have this, you said Jati-specific uh, data. So once we have those kinds of granular information coming out about uh, their developmental status, do you think subcategorization for not as caste names but as administrative purposes is is it going to be necessary and how is it going to work? Absolutely, Sampa. This is what I was I was kind of uh, uh, pointing to in the earlier kind of response. That is precisely the point. One should not look at caste as a static reality. Caste is a dynamic process. It has historically always been a dynamic process. It's not like India was a static country or caste were kind of fixed forever at a particular place. And that's where we need data. That's where we need closer understanding, not only for OBCs, but also for scheduled castes and scheduled tribes. I think communities are all the time changing and all the time kind of, you know, so there are obviously broad kind of uh, uh, data sets available, but within the category called scheduled castes, for example, we have now lots of empirical evidence and also political mobilizations around the question of subclassification. And I think in my from my own empirical work in Punjab, I feel that these demands for subclassifications make a lot of sense. If caste is a developmental variable, we should not emphasize on on caste-based, in some sense, identity rights, right? Caste should not be reduced to an identity process. And I think that has been the fear of, 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 of political elites that if we bring caste to census, it might end up being an identity uh, instigator kind of process. 
and communities might begin to mobilize themselves around caste and that may not be a very good thing. And I think there is a point in that. So we should make sure that these kinds of the, the, the census enumeration should not lead to a further division in Indian society around certain kind of identities. All these identity politics can be quite slippery and quite, quite problematic. So I think if we have focus on development, say, for example, if there are uh, 39 or 40 jatis in Punjab, and if there is a, some section of some jati, which after 20 years has become better off than another section of the lower OBC, I think they should be moved into the OBC category and the other section, if they are experiencing downward mobility and, and marginalization, they can be brought into, brought into SC categories or thinning the SC category so that communities which are left behind, they can benefit from those, those kinds of provisions. So these are developmental processes, democratic processes, participation processes, and that's how they should be, they should be operationalized. So what has happened is that in each category, there is a kind of elite formation. And that elite has now become the custodian of those caste identities. And I think we need to have the courage to confront these realities that we are not talking about dividing India on caste lines. No, we are not talking about consolidating caste identities. We are talking about citizenship. We are talking about equality. We are talking about every Indian being an Indian citizen as individual. And if they are being pulled back because of their community identities and because of the history of their communities. And that's where I think we need to, in some sense, uh, the state needs to confront those realities, those, those disadvantages, and they are there. That's why we, we are talking about caste. That's why census is become, uh, becoming significant. That's why there's traction for this. And I think that's where exposing privilege also becomes, becomes very critical. And those who are privileged, they are also scared of it because they also know that they have they have a lot more than what what they what they ought to have in a, in a kind of society which claims to be democratic and equal and we know inequalities are growing in india so hunger index you know today there is hindu report which says like india among the some 128 countries at 114th position and this is this is kind of you know uh, shocking i mean we we claim to be an emerging power and if we are among the poorest uh, uh, region of the world, then we should we should think about it much more seriously. And it is not just just kind of bringing socialism. It's also bringing kind of you know even market economy would require some kind of a kind of active consumer base. Yeah, sorry. Right, right, uh, Doctor Jodka. I mean, I I really uh, like your point about uh, the warning note you sort of struck by saying caste uh, uh, discourse should not become a point of uh, division. We should not sort of uh, create new fault lines uh, with whatever we come we get from the caste center. Rather, it should be for uh, use for development and for you know sort of feed into citizen development and growth and so on, and not become an, uh, a tool for identity politics. Uh, but at the same time, the counter to that, uh, Doctor Jodka, would be that no no community or group uh, which let us say is in a position of privilege is going to let go of the privilege uh, voluntarily. And there is always uh, some kind of a need for struggle for those who want to get their share of the social good, so to speak. And one of the uh, vectors around which these struggles have taken place in India, as you know very well, is uh, caste-based mobilization. Identity politics has been a, a very strong uh, component of political mobilization in India. And one of the factors uh, which come into play when we talk about the underprivileged or the non-privileged caste is that they don't have the kind of symbolic capital which the privileged castes have uh, with their uh, kind of exposure and education and so on. 
and the only kind of capital they get or they can access is from their uh, the cultural access to their identities and which is what uh, have uh, we have seen with parties like the bsp and so on i know you are comfortable uh, as a sociologist you are a sociologist and i was i was i was sort of a little hesitant to ask you to comment on the political side of it but i was just curious what you made of the, the, the kind of discourse which is developing now about uh, we had the mandal 1.0 so to speak but now with the entire caste census discourse is this uh, especially given this, this the political setting where you have the hindutva parties sort of trying to build a hindu consolidated kind of a nation state you have a mandal 2.2 moment that could work as a, a counter political counter to this commandal politics so to speak what do you think uh, what are your broad thoughts on this uh, side of the discourse thank you very much for asking this question uh, because uh, identities can work at different levels right so say for example we were referring to your reaction to kashiram so i think uh, that is the kind of identity politics that uh, that caste based uh, uh, in some sense mobilization require uh, kashiram did not mobilize jati specific identities right i think jati specific identities also need mobilization at some stage right he also talked about the bahujan he also talked about a larger kind of alliance of 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 groups dalit again is a very good category though there are problems with dalit i mean kashira will not accept uh, dalit as a, as a useful category he would think about bahujan and i think that is the kind of language around which mobilizations need to happen now what has happened even in, in states like tamil nadu we have had micro identities being mobilized and then they fight with each other and that leads to violence uh, that is intra say scheduled castes violence and i think that is where then it also becomes those identity mobilizations also become very patriarchal kind of you know mobilization that we need to protect the boundaries of our community so this identity can work at two levels one is as a, a tool uh, uh, for mobilizing political blocks or electoral blocks and asking for entitlements and 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 sharing the power structure but at another level they could also produce very conservative inward looking patriarchal authority within those sub communities so identity politics is also a very tricky game so i think i agree with you that without politicization of communities and categories nothing is going to happen privilege are not going to give up on privilege and i think that is where the where the key lies unless they are able to politically mobilize and and that brings me to your point about mandal 2 mandal 2 will not happen automatically the mandal 2 can happen only if opposition parties or 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 maybe certain movements emerging from within these communities are able to come together and produce a viable uh, in some sense uh, uh, electoral alliance a viable electoral uh, arithmetic and that that will not happen simply by adding communities for that you need a new language and that language uh, has to be at some level the language of caste but at the same time it has to be targeted towards the language of citizenship development and participation unless that remains at the center uh, these identities again will disappear and that's what uh, bjp was able to do very intelligently in up and other parts of the country where it kind of learned from mayavati this my kind of take 
and then identified those sub-communities within these categories and then gave them representation. And then, you know, they thought that, you know, this party is giving us representation. Why should we go with, go with Congress or BSP, right? So this is, this is how kind of, you know, the, the politics works. So it will have to be mobilized uh, as, as, as a kind of viable democratic politics where communities will have to, in some sense, see that their interests lie in producing a kind of mandal to what we are talking about, rather than going into a kind of Hindutva alliance as, as symbolic representation, as, as token representation. And if this is not given them much in the last 10 years, they might as well realize that it doesn't really help us to be part of Hindutva. But if it has helped them, then they would not come around. They would also kind of work it out. So everyone is very, very smart and they're calculating those possibilities, what exists and what doesn't exist. Right. Uh, Dr. Jodhka, on a different note, uh, some some are saying, uh, especially those who are against the caste census, uh, they, they point out that, you know, for example, Congress has articulated a logic of jitni abadi utna haq, which means, you know, your representation should follow your uh, your numbers in the population. And they also say that if we go by this logic, then the southern states would lose out when delimitation happens, given that the Hindi belt has got a higher density of population. So do you buy into this parallel and what are your thoughts on this parallel? I mean, not in context of caste. I mean, this would have a larger kind of, you know, much bigger issue question. But I don't think it is connected with caste. But at the same time, also, if uh, the way we were discussing that question of caste need, needs to be regionally, regionally and locally visualized, then I think southern states will have different kind of policies in southern states. The questions are very different. For example, in again, uh, places like Kerala have already uh, changed a lot. In, in, in Tamil Nadu, politics is almost entirely OBCIs and it has been uh, OBCIs or non-Brahmin politics for a very, very long time. So the question of participation is not really there. So there you have very different kinds of issues. I don't think that has anything to do with, with caste, question of caste census. So there is question of delimitation, and that would that would that might end up reducing uh, numbers of southern seats. But that will have to be then kind of you know worked out and negotiated by southern states with with the, with the powers that be. Right. Going back to what you just said about uh, Mandal 2.0 and how uh, it won't happen automatically, but it has to be worked towards. Now on that uh, question, Doctor Jodhka, I was just wondering when Mandal 1.0, so to speak, happened. Uh, except for the OBC parties, I mean, there was a lot of opposition to it. I mean, the Congress was opposed to it, the BJP was opposed to it. But today, there seems to be a much broader political consensus around the caste census than there was say, in the early 1990s. And almost every party uh, is in favor of it. Even the BJP is not really able to come out in uh, in opposition to a caste census politically. They have been doing it legally and so on. So, do you think that's 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 a, that's a positive uh, development? Uh, there are two aspects to it, I think. One is uh, that reservations don't matter any longer. For the privilege, uh, the site of their reproduction is, 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 is outside the public education system and public employment uh, system. So they don't really care. Like, you know, so they have, they, have, they have moved out to private schools, private colleges. Now private universities are also coming up. Uh, their employment is in corporate sector where there are no reservations. There's no reservation likely there and this is not really demanding that kind of reservation so except for the state system where again politics has already been in some sense uh, taken away from them and they have kind of reconciled to it so i think they don't have too much of stake uh, 
uh, in you know if numbers go up or reservation is revised it doesn't really matter to them like it happened in villages when the when the dominant upper caste had moved out of village then village uh, uh, panchayats can be open to women reservations and stuff like that but the second level is political elite in india is very very shrewd and they know it that the ground has become much more porous and every community every individual is much smarter so they need to communicate they need to kind of they can't take anyone for granted so i think they realize that if we have to survive in politics numbers are required and numbers are not with with the privileged i mean 15% is a is a good kind of uh, reminder that if you are targeting your politics only to like the the right wing parties used to do earlier only to the traditionally privileged hindu communities it won't take you very far so i think it is that is also the reason why everyone is and i think congress is a good example of that how congress has kind of moved from one extreme to the other extreme so it never had the political will of of conducting uh, the, the census or also you know talking about obcs it had to deal with it but now it's advo- actively advocating because that's where the where the viable politics lies right i mean that's a very good point uh, dr jodhka especially the fact that uh, the upper caste don't have so much at stake uh, in reservations as they used to because uh, you know things have changed one last question i would like a quick answer from you because we got about 4 minutes uh, i just wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, whether a uh, caste surveys and caste based mobilization and, and and whatever politics is unleashed by the caste census debate right now is it going to be uh, a helpful in social transformation in the absence of a clear anti caste ideology as well yes i think that is the most challenging question that's what i was pointing to when i was talking about identity politics if we don't have anti caste politics if we don't simultaneously talk about caste as a as a problem caste is not something which is just a matter of uh, kind of poverty and 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 and, and privilege it is also an identity question and that's where problem lies and we have to think about gender question simultaneously we have to think about other kind of you know authoritarian structures that caste communities have and i think that is where where the challenge lies that the that the question of annihilation also needs to come from uh, precisely the communities that are that are that are its victims right uh, and they need to in some sense uh, work it out that's why i was saying the idea of bahujan uh, is a very interesting kind of you know where kashiram invented it in some sense or or kind of propagated it and so we need that kind of innovative innovative political uh, uh, language uh, which can also in the process produce uh, citizenship rather than just producing uh, certain kind of identities as long as identities would remain hierarchies would also remain of this kind of identities right i mean that's i think really uh, well summed up dr jodhka i think uh, the two big takeaways one of course it is important to do the caste census uh, uh, at, at, at an all india level because it is going to be of help uh, tremendously as a developmental variable and a, a tool to map that and secondly one needs to be uh, vigilant about the language of caste identity getting uh, ossified into the discourse we need to also have at the same time an understanding a broad based understanding that citizenship should be the primary marker and not caste as such and there needs to be an anti caste ide- ideology as well i even as we try and map 
uh, different uh, jati specific uh, socio economic markers and so on for developmental purposes thank you so much for dr jodhka for joining us thanks a lot bye bye thank you in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon